my brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to the Pharisees, There was a rich man who dressed in purple garments and fine linen and dined sumptuously every day. And lying at his door was a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who would gladly have eaten his fill of the scraps that fell from the rich man's table. Dogs even used to come and lick his sores. When the poor man died, he was carried away by angels to the bosom of Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. And from the netherworld, where he was in torment, he raised his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he cried out, Father Abraham, have pity on me. Send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am suffering torment in these flames. Abraham replied, My child, remember that you received what was good during your lifetime, while Lazarus likewise received what was bad. But now he is comforted here, whereas you are tormented. Moreover, between us and you, a great chasm is established to prevent anyone from crossing who might wish to go from our side to yours or from your side to ours. He said, Then I beg you, Father, send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they too come to this place of torment. But Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. He said, Oh no, Father Abraham, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. Then Abraham said, If they will not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded if someone should rise from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. What Would You Do is the name of one of those documentary hidden camera reality shows that's been on television from time to time over the last decade or so. And the show presents all kinds of different scenarios and then monitors how people would react or respond to different issues. Like seeing an older man needing to fill a prescription at a pharmacy who all of a sudden realizes he doesn't have enough money to pay for it or some teenagers beating up a homeless person in front of passers-by, or a waitress being sexually harassed by her boss in front of customers. The host on the program asks, what would you do if you were in that scenario, as then they roll film to show various reactions and responses? And part of the show's popularity is that it highlights the the empathy crisis that we hear about that our, our nation, or maybe better said, our world, is facing. Empathy being that ability to understand what someone else 
is feeling to put ourselves in another person's shoes and then being motivated to do something about it. Well, the program shows the wide range of reactions. There's the heartwarming examples of a stranger who runs up and pays for that man's prescription. There is the sad example of a homeless person being beaten up and no one doing anything about it. There's the awkward and uncomfortable reactions that people have watching a a boss demean and being rude and obnoxious to the waitress. A man not too long ago shared some of his own real life experiences without the TV cameras or editing. He just shared a heartfelt posting online And he talked about how he had just had this awful run of bad luck with his car. One time he had a a fuse in his car burn out, another time he ran out of gas, and then a third time he had a tire blow out with him. Definitely don't want to get in the car with this guy. Each time, though, he found himself on the shoulder of a busy highway, and he recounted how in all these situations, which were stressful and tense and annoying to begin with, What made them worse was how no one seemed to help him. And he describes the experience saying, I spent hours on the side of the freeway waiting, watching roadside assistance vehicles blow right past me, waiting for AAA to show. The four gas stations I asked for a gas can told me that they couldn't loan them out to me, quote, for my safety, but I could buy a really cruddy one with no cap for $15. Empathy, or more simply, caring about someone else, has always been a choice. And human beings, since the Garden of Eden, have always been gifted with free will. It's interesting how in all those different scenarios, the question isn't, what should you do? Which implies that we know deep down in our hearts and souls the answer to that question. Rather, the question is, what would you do? Recognizing that that's a free will choice that we have to make to care or not about someone who's in need. So often this gospel that we just heard has been used or rather misused as an opportunity to malign wealth, portraying Jesus as a type of precursor to Robin Hood advocating taking the rich and giving to the poor with a Christian spin that if you don't then you're going to hell. And it's really troubling to hear that especially when A politician might use Jesus for some class warfare talking point, advancing their own agendas. Because that's not what Jesus is doing at all. We can't lose sight of the fact that Jesus has come to save all humanity, the rich and the poor and everyone in between. He's not in the business of picking favorites. He desires the salvation of the whole world. So his warnings about wealth and material riches aren't because they're bad in and of themselves. It goes along with all of his warnings about anything that distracts us from the love of God being front and center in our lives. Anything that undermines our obeying the greatest of commandments to love the Lord our God with all our hearts, all our souls, all our beings, and our neighbors as ourselves. That has to be our focus, and anything that distracts from that has to be avoided. Jesus wants all humanity to respond to that command because he loves all humanity, including the Pharisees, who were the first group that he's addressing this story to. But we have to back it up a little bit. 
The last few Sundays at Mass, we've been hearing one long teaching of Jesus being given to a crowd. And in that crowd, he's got his disciples and his followers there. So those are the ones who are already committed to him. He's got those who've heard about him coming around and wanting to see what all the fuss is about. And then he's got these Pharisees, this religious elite of the day, who are beyond critical of Jesus. They've been unmoved by what he's shared with them. Well, what has he shared with them? Just a refresher. First, it was the story about the shepherd finding the lost sheep, and then the woman finding the lost coin, and then what was commonly referred to as the prodigal son, but I prefer the loving father. That was the gospel we heard two Sundays ago. Then that continued last week where we heard the parable of the steward with dishonest wealth. And that's where we pick up today's gospel. But right before this passage, there's a small but kind of important incident that the lectionary skips that before we get into Jesus telling the story about Lazarus. And in that skip portion, the gospel says, the Pharisees who loved money heard all this and laughed at Jesus. Imagine that. They laughed at Jesus. They laughed at Jesus' revelation of who God is this loving, merciful Father who never stops thinking about any of his children, any of us, even the most lost and wayward. They laughed at Jesus telling them that the blessings of wealth and health and power, those are not signs that show how great and wonderful we are in God's eyes. But rather, it's in what we do with those, how we live as God's own children, that will determine that. The Pharisees laughed at those things. Why? Because the Pharisees were rich and were very powerful. They knew it all. They got religion. So their thought is, who is this Jesus telling us who God is? How dare he tell us that we need to take these blessings, which tells us God loves us, and help those God has cursed. That's why we're rich and they're poor. So Jesus isn't warning them or us about wealth per se, but rather warning against this, this false image of God and his blessings. He's warning against arrogance. He's warning against self-absorption. He's warning against the lack of care for others. And he's pointing that out by illustrating that this rich man who died was so attached to his riches, he was so blinded by them, and embarked on the whole lifelong relentless pursuit of them, even to the expense of everyone that was around him. Lazarus, who is this materially poor and suffering guy, didn't even cross this man's mind as he passed him, past his front door every day. That's what's so jarring. The poor man isn't a nameless, anonymous individual. The rich guy, interestingly, who does remain nameless, he knows the poor guy's name, Lazarus. And so even after he ignored the opportunity to use all the, the gifts and blessings that he had of wealth and health and power to maybe help this guy at the door, after he had rejected the love of God, which could have radically transformed his and Lazarus's life as well as countless other people around him, after all that, he's wondering why there's this abyss, this chasm between him and God. He doesn't recognize he created that abyss. And even then, he remains self-centered. Finally, he acknowledges Lazarus by the name. 
But why? Only to ask Lazarus to now alleviate the torment that he's created for himself. And by then, Jesus explains, it's too late. God's love and his mercy and his desire for us to be with him for all eternity, that, that never ends. That's who God is. So this isn't meant to scare people into following him by condemning all wealth and possessions. But the message to the Pharisees is meant to ask us to reflect a little bit deeper with what we have, with all the gifts and blessings and talents that we possess. How are we responding to God's love? By noticing, by being attentive, by going out of our way to help someone. That guy who had a terrible streak of luck with his car shared an incident that completely changed his perspective on things after being left on the side of the road without gas and with blown fuses. This third time, he had a tire blown out, and he said he was on the side of a road for nearly four hours. He had a spare tire, but he didn't have a jack with him. And so he put a sign on his car saying, need a jack, and even put up an offer for money. Finally, another man who was with his family in a van, who didn't even speak English, stopped and through his daughter working as a translator, explained that he had a jack, but it was probably too small for the broken down Jeep, but not to worry. And the guy went back into his van, grabbed a saw from his toolbox, and then cut a branch from the side of the road to brace the jack. This guy whose tire was blown out was so excited, he starts to remove the tire and he breaks the, the helpful stranger's tire iron. The helpful stranger doesn't get upset or angry. He runs to his van, he asks his wife to drive to the store and buy a new one, which she does, returning 15 minutes later, and they're finally able to get the tire switched. And the guy's so thankful and so relieved, he insisted on giving them some cash, which the guy kept refusing over and over again. Finally, he goes over to the wife and basically thrusts it upon her, and she quietly accepts it. But then the wife's through the daughter again, asks if he had eaten anything for lunch, which she says he hasn't. So she reaches into their cooler, she gives them some of their lunch, and they enjoy a quick bite to eat at the side of the road. And as the man's walking back to his car, he sees the money that he insisted on giving to the wife there in the front seat. So now he's running back to the van, he's pleading with them to please take it, take it. And the guy said this selfless stranger smiled at him and with great concentration spoke the only words he did in this entire exchange in English. And what he said to him was, today you, tomorrow me. And he was blown away by this family who he described was undoubtedly poorer than he was, who showed such generosity and compassion. And that experience helped wipe away all those negative ones and said that in the months that followed, he was a changed man as he went and changed other people's tires or got someone else gas or even drove someone 50 miles out of his way to an airport, never forgetting what this kind family had done for him. With those words from that helpful stranger ringing in his heart and mind, today you, tomorrow me. The same should be true for us because this isn't meant to be a fire and brimstone gospel passage. Jesus has already expressed it in parables, the unequaled, life-giving, amazing love of God for all humanity. And even more, the gift of himself on the cross, given to us in his body and blood in the Eucharist that we take and receive as we come forward in communion. 
We're meant to rejoice in that, at the great lengths that God has gone and continues to go for each of us, saying to us over and over again how he never stops thinking of us. He desires us. He seeks us. And when we think then of a lonely neighbor or know of a struggling relative or encounter a stranger with some need, great or small, that we have somehow been blessed to somehow alleviate, we know what the answer to the question, what should you do in response? The question is, what would you do? Yeah. <laughs>